Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. This is moments after Avon and Rachel broke up, and she's smiling. Moments after she, you know, essentially accused Avon of leading her on because he wanted to talk through, you know, getting engaged and, and owned up to the fact that, like, emotionally, like, he you know, wasn't entirely sure if he was there yet, but wanted to be with her. And she was just, like, not having it and decided to end it. And I recognize this look. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pierce Shit. This is just Bachelor Clues. Thought I'd bring a little, add a little sauce to my opening. Try something new. <laughs> Word off dementia. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it works. I hope your strategies work. And speaking of sauce, right now, official Sauce Wars merchandise is available at GameofRoses.co, designed by the brilliant Ella Tolkien. You can pick from five different colors of this shirt and proudly represent which side of the Sauce Wars you're on. And make no mistake, those Sauce Wars are heating up. There's never a chance for oh, them yes. to slow down at this point. Sauce Wars are in each one of our segments today. It's everywhere. And we are going to have an absolutely insane digging deeper in our Patreon on Monday. The stuff Nick Vial is doing, I don't even know how to describe it. He's just like attacking people. He's attacking the leads now in TikTok videos. It's giving <laughs> clown behavior. <laughs> it always gives clown behavior when it's coming from the great one. But rest assured, this Monday, you're not going to want to miss this digging deeper. I, I don't even know how we're going to pack everything in. But What's going on with him? Is he spiraling? Is this a vial spiral? I mean, we'll get to it. But did you see the pictures of him at New York Fashion Week? No. All right. Well, you should look up those pictures. I'm going to discuss them a little bit uh, in one of the new segments. But those shirts are in cream, dark heather gray, black, neon heather green, and white. If you wanted a color. I like the intensity. Breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So... Uh, this is This Week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to give you all of that Bachelor Nation news, all those tids that are fit to print. We got some screams from the pit coming up in the end, of course. We got gains. We got the parasocial plays of the week, parasocial creatures of the week. We got it all. Dwab. Blob? Dwab. Oh, we got the dwab. I was like, who's Blob? I thought that was somebody's pet, like a pet dog or something that was super cute named Blob. That would be great. It's Blob Guinea. New dog's <laughs> <My> name. God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to any of that, we're going to open this show as we open many shows with a segment we call Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the game. The current state of the game, as you are probably all aware is that information has been leaked and now reported through various sources after Reality Steve broke it who the next lead is going to be. Who is The Bachelor for season 27? And all the information that's coming out points to one Zachary Shalcross, the player who was just eliminated in third place uh, from Rachel Recchia's group of Winner's Circle guys. So 
where does this leave us? Anytime a new lead is announced, bachelor or bachelorette or dual bachelorettes or whatever, it shifts the game. This is a new tone. Mm-hmm. This is where they want the, the franchise to be headed. This is going to be the face of it for at least the next iteration. And they've chosen Zach Shawcross, a player from this, in my opinion, horribly constructed season <laughs> that gave us no time to get to know any of the players or the leads. We don't have a good sense yes. of who Shawcross is, nor did he make a, a strong impact on the game, I feel like, despite playing a very interesting season. I mean... Barely anyone had an impact on the game this season. The gains were pitiful. I don't know if we've ever seen someone get chosen from the previous season for Bachelor who has 35K on Instagram. It's almost as if they don't care. And yet, yeah, I think I can't say more, but I think season 27, despite this, despite the shall cross factor, will be a very good season. But I, mm-hmm. I do think this about shall cross. If he would have been in a regular season with one lead and we would have gotten to see more screen time with him, I think we would be feeling differently because he did play a very effective full 4TRR regular season and then he pulled the Shawcross 180 in the fantasy suites right at the fucking crucial moment. You want to go out in third place to have the best uh, the best uh, statistical likelihood of being the crown. And here he's done it. Look, I think there's some... A lot of people are mad. A lot of people are mad. I'm seeing Dark Seeker out there. She's making angry TikTok. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just want to remind everyone that uh, have we felt mad about the bachelor posting before? Yes. No one was excited about Ari. No one was excited about Peter Weber. But out of that out of those seasons, we got huge players. We got Becca Martinez, we got Becca Kufrin from Ari season. From Peters, we got probably our first player billionaire, Madison Pruitt, and the perfect night one player, Hannah Ann Sluss. Yes. And it doesn't really matter who The Bachelor is in those cases. Totally. I completely agree. And that's good. Because if you go on Zach Shawcross's LinkedIn page, you're going to be able to read this verbatim. (laughs) Senior cloud technology sales executive at Oracle. My role consists of strategically helping businesses in Houston enhance, extend, and leverage their current software platform and infrastructure while educating them on what Oracle's portfolio has to offer. Um, That does not scream interesting man to me. That does not scream... (laughs) catch that does not scream uh 30 women should be clamoring to make this man their husband and i do think that is a difference from the old school game to what we have now in the prior eras the bachelors were seen as catches at least in the the first few iterations you know they came from extreme wealth they were professional athletes education <laughs> jesse palmer was an nfl player we got the real millionaire with andrew firestone we got you know sean lowe america's golden boy plenty of people like that and now now we've got this guy we've got zach shawcross very 4trr to me it's such a similar to p- pick to Clayton, someone we don't know that much about who's just playing kind of a 4TRR wholesome game. Yes. I mean, at least this guy made it to fantasy suites, but in a season that is presented in halves, it doesn't matter. He might as well have been washed out. Like, that's the equivalent of going out in maybe a third or fourth episode in a regular season, in my opinion. It's. I mean, it's hard to compare at this point. The, the numbers are dwindling, but the numbers are dwindling everywhere. 
except, you know, I just checked out the uh, Love Island winners, mm-hmm. winners Instagram. My girl Ekin Sue has 3.1 million Instagram followers. Yeah, it's a better presentation. It's still possible. It's absolutely still possible. You know, when we see the Instagram numbers going down for our beloved game, I've been looking at this too. Other reality shows are not going down. Instagram is still a very powerful social media platform for influencers to get brand deals, spawn con, all this stuff. It's just that the way the current tier of Bachelor producers is presenting this game, it doesn't make people want to engage. And so you've now got this guy who... How many followers did you say he has? 30-something thousand? 35. 35K. And you're hoping who's going to tune into that? Those 35,000 people? If you don't give the players a chance to become celebrities within the culture of the game... He's not even in the top five from this season. Yeah, I mean, I, and that speaks to their like inability to really choose a a good lead i think anymore yeah and what comes with that too is the idea that in the past leads were confident it was like i'm going to go into this situation and these 30 people are going to be vying for me i'm a catch that feeling is gone now because the producers just fucking destroy the lead as soon as they step onto the stage have you been on rachel recchia's instagram no the comments are so hateful in her latest post comments to her the Villanetta is working. Just from randoms, from fourth audience members. Yeah. Damn. From Bachelor Nation. And that's how they they build up the leads now to be these kind of punching bags for the fourth audience. And it's like, well, how? why is that good? They have the priorities of what this show is all fucked up. I think the current producer tier doesn't understand this show at all. They seem to think that it's about trying to make people you know, collapse into fucking emotional breakdowns as often as possible, especially the leads. Cry squat. It, it seems like they go after the leads more than they even do the players anymore. And that's not what the show really has ever been. You want the lead to be your main character. It's the person you identify with. It's the person you want things to work out for because you're on yeah. that ride with them. Now it never works out for them, largely because the producers force that to be the case. They don't. The producers think that in the end, the lead should not have things work out. And in this case, they're casting a person who we don't care if it works out for him or not. We're already not invested in this person's journey merely by a poor casting choice. And I just don't... The thing that is weird to me, I guess, about it, the weirdest thing is like, where is Mike Fleiss in this? Where is Rob Mills in this? Where are the people who have been there since the fucking beginning guiding the ship? It seems like they either don't give a fuck anymore or they're completely out of touch with it or... I don't really understand how these choices are being made. Like how it's even possible to make the choice of Zach Chowcross for Bachelor at this point is insane to me. The problem, I mean, the reason that you want the lead to be this, you know, Tyler Cameron, this Peter Krause, whoever, you want it to be someone that people are going to compete over because otherwise... Otherwise, I think it makes the game even more for TWR because people aren't competing over it. They're just competing for followers and paradise because they don't give a shit about the first audience. If that person's an actual prize, you're going to have people compete harder and you're going to get you're going to have a better casting pool. You're not going to be getting the dregs. You're going to be getting top tier people. Well, I will say season 27 is going to have some top tier people. Well, of course. Rest assured. Look, I can't wait. I can't wait for it. In some ways, I feel very sorry for Zach Shawcross. He don't know what he's <laughs> about to walk into. 
He's going to get just, he's going to get spun <laughs> sideways so many fucking times. I can't wait to watch this season. I cannot fucking wait. Everything that we're saying about the lead, poor choice, all this shit, let it be known that season 27, I just can't wait for it. I, this is the most excited yeah. I've ever been about a Bachelor season ever <gasps> in my life. I'm so happy for you. For various reasons. Thank you. I mean, I'm looking back at Zach's play. He did. He obviously was someone that they were thinking about this for. He got the Pretty Woman celeb yep. early one-on-one. He laid his PTC about health and self-esteem issues. He was love leveling every chance he got. He's doing a bunch of hoojus. I mean, he definitely left it all in the field. And I wonder maybe if they were thinking of Nate Mitchell before that all happened, because he also got a ton of screen time. That's possible. It could have been him. But I mean, you're now run into this problem where Shawcross is young, so we already know that's going to be baked in. Any any mm-hmm. player who's over 26 years old is going to be labeled a cougar, and will yeah. that factor in? And 100% they're going to focus on age. They've already brought it up. Yeah, there's all this stuff that makes him already not a person who can believably be for TRR, in my opinion. And so it undercuts the, the conceit of the game. The very foundation of what we're all watching is now kind of like thrown out the window. Have we had a 25-year-old bachelor? I think so. Wasn't Pilot Pete was 26? I don't I think he's 26 now, Shawcross. 25, 26, I don't know. I think Pilot Pete was that age. I want to say Colton was that age. Or maybe even younger. I don't know. This is all conjecture. Easily look upable. I'm just not going to do it. But uh <laughs> ultimately, I think like it's a bad choice for The Bachelor, would have been much better to go with a Peter Krause, a Tyler Cameron, anybody who generates interest in the audience, in the fourth audience. Colton was 26. Oh, I was right. There you go. How old was Pilot P? He had to have been 26 too. He was 28. Oh, an old man. But now we have Shawcross seemingly in the driver's seat. We assume if all of this reporting is accurate, he's going to be announced this following week, uh, Tuesday at the final, after the final rose. And I'm curious to see how they'll intro him. Will they make him read shitty tweets about himself like they did with Clayton? Or will they try to put this guy on a pedestal? Will they at least do that correctly? Set him up for success? Even though he's kind of a boring guy and no one gives a shit, will they at least try to promote him in a traditional way? I hope. I hope that they don't ever do the mean tweets thing to their lead ever again. That was such a bad idea. I agree, but I will give you this advice, Zachary Shawcross. Be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Can't wait. Can't wait for his season. Me either. But that is the state of the game. We have a new bachelor, it seems like, and he is a senior cloud technology sales executive at Oracle. Very exciting stuff. And we're going to see what happens in season 27, but more uh, in the near future. We're going to see what happens at this after the final rose with what we assume will be his introduction to the fourth audience officially. Yeah, that I mean, that'll be the announcement, right? Theoretically. Also, our lives are going to change from some sort of audience participation. Yeah, the, the Bachelor Fantasy League app. It will not change my life, but I hope it changes everyone else's for the better. And that is the state of the world. Now we're going to move on to that portion of our program where we talk about all of the movements in the numbers of various aspects of our beloved game. This is... This Week in... Games. 
Ratings. We begin our game segment as we begin it every week by discussing the ratings of our beloved game. Despite airing on a Tuesday this week, the first installment of the season finale and after the final rose for Windekia managed to pull in the highest rating of the season with a 0.89, which was up about 25% from last week's second half of Fantasy Suites on Tuesday. And the episode also saw growth in overall viewers with another season high at 3.54 million. The Bachelorette's was the highest rated network show in the Tuesday 8 p.m. time slot, even beating out a new episode of America's Got Talent on NBC, FBI on CBS, Academy of Country Music Honors on Fox, and a new series we're keeping an eye on over at the CW about the life and times of Leonardo da Vinci. It's called Leonardo, and it pulled in a point one with 390,000 overall viewers. Good job, Leonardo. But is it better than Roswell, New Mexico? <laughs> I have never seen either of these shows, and I probably will never see either of these shows. Good job, The Bachelorettes. And now for the horse race. The Gabby, Wendy, Rachel Recchia race to 1 million Instagram followers. Some might call this horse race the Blanco race. The lovable dingbat, Gabby, Wendy, continued to dominate this week with her lead extending, gaining over four times the rate of Recchia, gaining 39K, Bring her to 792K total this week. Rachel Rachel Recchia picked up 9K, bringing her to 468K total. So this is a 330K difference between them. Doesn't seem like that gap will be closed. Oh, absolutely not. And I I mean, Gabby Winnie's about to go on Dancing with the Stars, and I think this will actually be very interesting. This is going to be the first season for Dancing with the Stars that's not on ABC. It's on Disney+. Plus. So I'm curious to see how that will affect Instagram gain. I don't know that it will. Honestly, like I think it'll be roughly the same amount of viewers. Caitlin Bristow didn't pick up that many followers from Dancing with the Stars. However, she wasn't the most recent Bachelorette. So I think mm-hmm. there were a bunch of other factors. So, But we will, we will keep an eye on that. Wendy also continued closing the gap in the TikTok race, putting on 21.2K the past couple weeks, bringing her to 86.2K total. Rekia gained 9.8K, bringing her to 88K total. So Wendy is right on her heels, about to close that gap on TikTok. Dark Lord Palmer gained 6K the past two weeks. He's at 181K right now. Slow and steady for the Dark Lord. Now let's move on to the top five Instagram gains chart for the players of Bachelorette Season 19. The gold medal in gains this week goes to... Avon Jones, he gained 15.6K this week for his swan song exit bump, bringing him to 36.9K total followers. Ugh. At least he doesn't have as few as the next Bachelor Zach Chalcos. <laughs> <laughs> the silver medal in gains goes to Eric Schwer. He gained 12.1K followers this week, despite all of his swirling controversies, making him the first player to join the 100K club, bringing him to 106K total. The bronze medal in gains goes to your alleged next bachelor, Zach Shawcross. He gained 7K this week, bringing him to 35K total. Fourth place goes to Nate Mitchell. He gained 3.2K despite not being in the document for weeks, bringing him to 75.1K followers total. And rounding out the top five, fifth place in games goes to Jordan Vandergriff. <laughs> Inexplicably, he gained 1.4K this week despite going out literally in week two 
bringing him to 41.3k followers. Maybe the bit promo? But I mean, the the fact that gaining 1.4k is even in the top fucking five of gains yeah. in the finals? We're in the end of the season. Yeah. How the fuck is this even possible? Tino's the only one left. He's not even in this. Yeah. Tino had a, I believe, what, a sub 1,000 gain this week? I think he gained like 900 followers or something. 900. He's at 38.8K. I don't know what's going on, but uh, let's move on to the top five total Instagram chart. Unchanged in two weeks. Eric Schwer is at the top, maintaining that lead with 106K total. Nate Mitchell in second with 75.1K. Tyler Norris at 42.9K is the third most highest Instagram follower total. Tyler fucking Norris. Jordan Vandergriff is in fourth with 41.3K total. Week two guy. <laughs> Lucky for Tino, he rounds out the top five by bumping off night one guy Roby Sobieski with 38.8K. Now for the top five TikTok chart. The largest gain this week was by Alec Garza, a week two guy who gained an astonishing 49.9K followers on TikTok the past couple of weeks. I think because of a parasocial play we will get to. Mm. The top five are Nate Mitchell held onto first with 90.9K. The aforementioned Alec Garza with 72.3K. Matt LeBog has 17.7K. Ethan Kang jumped to fourth place with 12.2K. And Chris Austin, early season villain, is at 8.9K, rounding out the top five. These numbers are... Um... Abysmal. I mean, what else can you say? This is one of the worst social media seasons we've ever seen. And yeah. I don't think it's coincidental that it was because these guys had half the fucking screen time of a normal player pool. They had half the screen time. A bunch of the top players don't even have TikToks. I'm wondering if maybe the rules are different for what place you get. The social media rules. You mean if you ascend to like first, second, third, fourth? You can have a TikTok or something? Do, you can't make a TikTok or something. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Just curious why they don't have one. Yeah. Well, that rounds out all of our gains. Now we're going to move on to some of those tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, we're talking about that lovable dingbag, Gabby Windy. She is set to pull even farther ahead of Rachel Reckia in the social media standings with the recent announcement that she will be competing in the upcoming Dancing with the Stars Season 31. Windy joins a cast of celebrity dancers that includes the Real Housewives of New Jersey star Teresa Giudici, Judice. comedian Wayne Brady, actress Selma Blair, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son and fitness model Joseph Banna, Jersey Shore star Vinny Guadagnino, CODA star Daniel Durant, country singer Jesse James Decker, singer Jordan Sparks TV actor Trevor Donovan, Charlie's Angel star Cheryl Ladd, Sex and the City star Jason Lewis, drag queen superstar Shangela, WABC TV New York weather anchor Sam Champion, and TikTok star, and this one blows my mind, Charlie D'Amelio and her mom Heidi will also be on this series, who are, in my opinion, guaranteed winners. Everybody else should go home. Yes. Why would they not have their biggest celeb win who's so popular with Gen Z? I think she's going to absolutely crush it. 
But this is something we have talked about on the show. Gabby Wendy has given this gift. She has given this reward. Rachel Recchia is seemingly not. So even in the post-show handling, the post-season handling of promotion that ABC, Warner Brothers, NZK, Disney at this point is willing to give to one of the leads but not the other, you see that there is favoritism. You see that the the networks, mm-hmm. the machines... No, but they're not pitted against each other. Yeah, they're definitely not pitted against each other. One is just going to be given a whole season's worth of screen time on another show. Uh, but yeah. they're equal. <laughs> they're going through this journey together. Hold hands. Rachel Recchia will be forced to hold her hand as she walks out onto the dance floor every night. Um, you just see it like plain as day here that they're favoring Gabby Wendy. That this was never about two bachelorettes finding love for ABC or anything, nor is any of this ever about anything real. It's just money for them. And Gabby Wendy is the more bankable star from the show at this point. So she gets Dancing with the Stars. And I know there's she's got a history of being a professional dancer and all this. So that makes her more eligible for the show or blah, blah, blah. But that's not even what the show's about. What does that matter? They have tons of people from Bachelor who are not dancers. Nick Vial, Sean Lowe. Or tons of people from any arena of celebrity that aren't. They had fucking Sean Spicer on this show. Teresa Judice is not a professional yeah, dancer. exactly. <laughs> so there is no excuse here except for the fact that obviously ABC sees her, Gabby Wendy, I mean, as a more bankable star. Somebody who is, for them, more worth putting in another show. And this has been something we talked about since the very beginning. The comparison between these two leads is inherent. There's no way to not do mm-hmm. it, especially when shit like this starts happening. Well, in lighter news, up next in Bachelor Nation news, James McCoy Taylor has been arrested. The Bachelorette season 12 fifth place finisher was allegedly driving while intoxicated in College Station, Texas on Saturday, September 10th. According to reports, Taylor was also unlawfully carrying a weapon. Taylor was first approached by an officer when he was found urinating in a parking garage. (laughs) The officer told Taylor not to drive his truck. He agreed, but was later arrested while still in the parking garage after getting in his truck and trying to drive away. Taylor slurred his speech and smelled of alcohol, had glassy eyes, and struggled to stand as he swayed back and forth, according to the police report. During the arrest, police said he became verbally abusive towards the officer, called him an idiot, among other things, and made threats to have the officer fired and would press charges. According to his arrest affidavit, officials also found an 18-year-old college freshman companion who he planned to drive back to her dorm room. Officials said the 18-year-old was impaired and was not in any kind of condition to appraise the benefits and risks of the situation she was in. Taylor was arrested for driving while intoxicated and unlawfully carrying a weapon, which was a handgun, in his driver's door pocket. He was booked in Brazos County, where College Station is located. That's Texas and Texas A&M's city. And he was released on $6,000 bail later the same day. Taylor made headlines last year after he threatened to sue several media outlets that he claims falsely reported he was part of the January 6th Capitol riot. Falsely reported? He Yeah, he was there. Instagram storied himself on the way. I know. I saw it. <laughs> he, was, he was claiming the distinction between, yes, I was at the Trump rally, but no, I did not. Go in Pelosi's office. <laughs> commit an insurrection. Okay. Yeah, I was I was not part of the Pelosi's shit office thing. Um, but there you have it. Well, uh, James McCoy Taylor staying relevant in the nation in whatever way he can. Very consistent. Consistently um, threatening people. Speaking of riots like the one at January 6th, the nation itself was all over New York Fashion Week this week. 
The spring 2023 shows, presentations, and parties were dripping with representatives from the nation. Saks New York Fashion Week kickoff was graced by the second crown of Bachelorette Season 16, Tasha Adams, Serena Pitt, and Grocery Store himself. The Harper's Bazaar Icons Party saw Adams once again. The great one, Nick Vial, his girlfriend, Natalie Joy. New York socialite, Kit Keenan, and former White Lives Matter model, Victoria Fuller. Chelsea Vaughn, Hannah Godwin, and Kaylin Miller-Keys also joined the festivities. We love to see strong representation from within the nation at these high-profile events. Have we seen anybody at the Met Gala yet from within the nation? I don't think so. Who do you think is most likely to first do it? We've done a Met Gala. I think we did a Met Gala State of the World, and we I think we talked about this. My guess for first there would be between Rachel Lindsay and Madison Pruitt. <laughs> Yeah, Madison Prude, I think, is a strong contender to be at any of these things ever because she's got that money infusion now. But I think Tasha, I think she could... She's like showing up huh. at more of these things. And when you see the pictures, like go online and just look at these fucking pictures. Nick Vial is wearing like a ratty fucking t-shirt and a flannel. Tasha Adams looks like a fucking supermodel in every yeah. picture she takes. She's not fucking around when she's going to these things. She's like, I know mm-hmm. what this represents. I know what I need to do here. I need to basically establish myself as like, I'm not queen of the yeah. health and wellness space. That's right. A, a beauty, health and beauty, wellness a healthy and beauty. beauty, wellness queen. Um, but I mean, she's definitely trying to, I think, elevate herself beyond her credential as like a bachelorette. She's hosting all mm-hmm. these MTV things. She's in your face kind of constantly with this stuff and always just looking impeccable in how she dresses, how she's presenting herself. I think she's really trying to make a strong run for like legit celebrity. I could see her doing it. I feel like for one of them to crack in, they need to they need to infiltrate the A-list stars, you know, befriend a Kardashian or a TikTok. Yeah. Charlie D'Amelio. Lovable dingbat. <laughs> you know what? Gab if Gabby does that, okay, Gabby is up there. If she can befriend Charlie through this experience, I I could see her going. Yes. She should dynamic duo her and then move into her house. Yes. And just live with her. Gabby, do this. We need it. The nation needs it. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It mm. is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces and I found Quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I- 
quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the... The whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims what the nation doesn't need and perhaps the biggest story this week the current last man standing lms i didn't know what lms meant last man standing what is that a it's our it's a new it's like a ptc or whatever it's a new thing for us it's a new gore term oh i thought it was a sports term Okay, the LMS. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the final rose. We'll see. Okay. The LMS from Gabby Wendy's winner (laughs) circle, Eric Schwer, is now embroiled in two separate but possibly equally damaging scandals. The first scandal erupted when a high school yearbook photo from 2011 surfaced on Reddit depicting Schwer in blackface. Schwer issued an apology via Instagram that read, I wholeheartedly apologize for the insensitive photo of me in blackface from my high school yearbook that has been circulating. What I thought at the time was a representation of my love for Jimi Hendrix was nothing but ignorance. I was naive to the hurtful implications of my actions to the black community and those closest to me and will forever regret my offensive and damaging behavior. 
I am deeply ashamed by my actions and understand that my apology is only the first step in taking accountability. But seemingly before the nation had time to react to this apology, another scandal broke with accusations from an alleged ex-girlfriend that Schwer ended a serious relationship with her to become a player. At Bachelor Nation Scoop broke the story with a series of screenshots of private conversations between Schwer and a woman named Amanda, along with photos showing her with Schwer before his time in game. Amanda claims to have been dating Schwer for a few months, and on March 10th, he told her he was offered the chance to be a contestant on season 19. He insisted it was all acting and it would be as if he was just going out of town for a few weeks, Amanda explained. He wanted a fresh start and a new career path because he was unhappy with his, she recalled. She detailed that she received two dozen roses and a string of texts expressing his continued feelings for her. Please go to Bachelor Nation Scoop to see every shocking text message as well as a collage of photos of the happy couple together before Schwer entered the player pool. We have already speculated that Schwer will be made to answer for his blackface yearbook photo next Tuesday on After the Final Rose. Will this second scandal make its way into Dark Lord Palmer's line of questioning? Time will tell. What do they do? What are they going to do about any of this? It's like too much. It's like two hot seats. I think they focus on the blackface and just kind (laughs) of be like, people won't, it won't reach the level because of that one exactly i don't know how you weight either one of these i i can't see them addressing both i just don't know how you don't i don't know how you sit up there (laughs) and you say this picture came out of you in blackface answer for it and he does basically the same apology that he put on instagram i assume he'll just say that into the camera Mm -hmm. and then you just ignore this also, there's all these pictures of you with the woman you dated right before you came in. There are screenshots of you saying, this is just a bullshit <laughs> reality show and you're just going into adventure career. Like, it's so for TWR. The, the blackface thing is like outside the realm of the game. That's just like a shitty fucking horrible racist thing he did that yes, he must answer for. This other thing though is like, it's against the game. This is a 4TWR thing. This is not a, a bad yeah. thing about his personality. This is, he came into the game for the wrong fucking reasons. Which, unfortunately, Bachelor Nation sometimes cares about more than racism scandals. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. I think he's got to answer for both. I think they will try to do that. And I don't know what the fuck that looks like. He just, he put it in writing. He put, I mean, maybe he didn't think you would go that far, but... <laughs> yeah. Nick Vile has the right idea here. You got to uh, make a phone call. Oh, my God. The Vial protocol. <laughs> Don't put it in writing. It's just insane to me that this is what happens. Like, And this should be a lesson for any incoming players. If you go into the show, you cannot go into it thinking like, well, we'll see what happens. And maybe there's some problematic shit in my past, but it won't come up. It's going to come up. They underestimate the sleuths. Exactly. And it's like, maybe if you're a night one guy or something, fine. But you can't go into the game thinking that. You have to go in the game believing you're going to win the fucking game. And if you do win the game, everything's coming out. You can't... There's nothing that will remain uncovered in your entire life. And we have a girlfriend coming out almost every season being like, hey, he broke up with me to go on the show. Which, again, there's no fucking harm in that. The thing that, that is really, I think, for him the thing that sinks the ship in this are those text messages where he's like, it's just a dumb reality show. Yeah, I'm going to fake it for my career. That's the 4TWR shit. You can break up. You can fucking get divorced the day you go in the show. 
Like, it doesn't matter. That's okay. Because you can always turn around and say, that relationship was... It, it was ended even before that. It just took me too long to pull the trigger on it. But I wanted out and I did want a change. And I came into the show not knowing what to expect. And I met you and I do love you. These feelings are real and blah, blah, blah. You can always work that. I think that's what he's going to say. I think he's going to be like, I thought I would just play the game, but then I actually developed real feelings. That's what I assume that's, if he does have to answer for that part that he will do. Yeah, that's his only play. That's the only thing he can do and not walk out of there just fucking demolished. If I was him, I mean, I guess it's fucking too late because they've already shot this, but <laughs> if he had any foreknowledge of this, I wouldn't have shown up because this is not going to be good, you know? Wait, it's not going to be live? Um, I think they shot it last week. I think they shot it back to back. Did they not? Oh. Am I wrong? Maybe I'm wrong in that. I'm not sure. Oh, I thought it was live. How would how would they announce The Bachelor and it wouldn't leak? Yeah, you're right. Maybe it is live. So maybe he I still does I'm, have the possibility to bail. Bail. If you're listening to the Eric Swerve, bail. Get the fuck sure, out of bail. there. Get the fuck out. Save yourself. You got one chance. Save Run. Yourself. Run. Delete your Instagram. Delete your Twitter. Delete everything and start a new oh life. It is your best choice. <laughs> just shave the mullet no one will recognize you exactly uh okay oh, and man. rounding out bachelor nation news this week we do have some marriages and engagements to announce season 20 package deal player amanda stanton entered into a legally binding contract marriage with civilian michael fogel grant kemp and civilian girlfriend chloe metcalf were engaged this week and hannah brown's brother patrick married jed wyatt's ex Haley stevens <laughs> In what is one of the most bizarre couplings from the peripheral nation that we've ever seen. And speaking of exes, speaking out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's one. And Hannah Brown was at the wedding. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys remember the um, everything that surrounded that entire relationship, but basically, Jed Wyatt at the end of Hannah Brown's uh, season 15 of The Bachelorette was accused of having dated someone right up until he went into the show and only going into the show to further his music career. That woman was Haley Stevens. Lyrics and Lipstick is her Instagram. Sorry, I know that off the top of my head. I'm sorry you know that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was rumored that he was then cheating on Hannah Brown with her and cheating on her with Hannah Brown. And it became very messy. But somehow, Hannah Brown's brother, Patrick, began then dating Jed Wyatt's ex. And they are now wed. How does this happen? <laughs> It's a beautiful, everything is connected. <sighs> all things are possible in our beloved nation. But congrats to all the members of our nation on these new tiers of their relationships now. Now let's move on to all the plays that our beloved players are making off the field and on the screens on their cellular telephones, primarily, out there in the big wide metaverse. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. There were many strong parasocial plays this week, and even a couple highly unusual ones. First up, a couple pit posts. Michael Alio, package deal player, posted a three-slide post saying there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Game of Roses commented, not if you're in the pit, and he responded, the pit provides. I mean, we don't need any more evidence that he is firmly in the bottom of the pit with us, digging around here. Hello, Michael. 
I love this. Love seeing this. Hello, Michael. Happy birthday. Hello. Katie Thurston tagged Game of Roses in an Instagram story telling people not to ask her what a hoodoo is, but to ask us. Well, if you have come here straight from that Instagram story, here it is. A hoodoo is a shortened form of hug jump, a mandatory athletic display requiring a player to run toward the bachelor upon first seeing him at the beginning of a date then jump and cling to him in a tight hug as he stands supporting the player's full body weight. Standard form involves wrapping both legs around the bachelor's torso, although there are many variations. Where did you find this definition, Pace Case? What do you mean? In our book. Was was it from the book, How to Win the Bachelor, written by Lizzie Pace and Chad Colchin, available in yes. greater bookstores now? And the paperback's going to be coming out soon, too, early next year. So get ready for that. Yes, we're going to have a new launch. Maybe we'll have to reprise our visit somewhere. <laughs> I'm not going to put it. I'm not going to put any receipts. Our ban from the Grove. I'll put the receipt. Our ban. Oh, God damn it. Our ban from the Grove <laughs> will be expiring in January. And I certainly will be stepping foot on that hallowed ground once again. <laughs> But now let's move on. Chris Connor and Alana Milne celebrated their year anniversary of being kicked off the beach in a three-slide Instagram post with how it started, how the show ended, and how it blossomed. Bachelor season 11 player and Labor of Love star Christy Katzman spilled the tea about what really happened behind the scenes of a reality TV show. Nate Mitchell posted a reel making light of the producers. Jason Alabaster posted his swan song to Gabby on his Instagram. And Avon Jones posted his 4TRR swan song to Rachel Recchia. This week, a few players also contributed several comments to the Sauce Wars via a series of plays. You might have heard this TikTok at the top of our episode, but Nick Vial made this TikTok about Rachel Recchia smiling when dumping Avon, villainizing our lead farther. And Rachel Recchia commented, Avon and I had a nice moment at the door after something very difficult for both of us. I was trying to hold it together. Nick Vial responded, The people want you on the pod. We want to get to know the real you. It will be a great conversation and a chance to share your POV. Blake Balakai Horseman then commented on a post saying, Pilot Rachel, do not go on this man's podcast. He talks shit on people that hopes they will have to come on his podcast to address it. Don't give him the satisfaction. I just, I can't love the... <laughs> rivalry, the animosity <laughs> between Baylockai and the Great One anymore. But I agree with Baylockai in this. He, the Great One shit on Rachel Reckie in this TikTok and then asked her to come on his podcast in the very same TikTok, in the comments of it. It's insane. Yeah. It's very blatant. I agree. But will it be a good strategy? Will she go on his podcast? Look, I love this back and forth. We'll see. We will indeed. Moving on, Alec Garza, a week two player, made a viral TikTok this week of his fitness transformation. The initial caption reads, give me three years. Then he cuts to a slow-mo of him today. The video has 5.3 million views and 892.5K likes. Extraordinary. I, I was doing the numbers and I was like, wait, why did Alec Garza get this huge jump? And then I saw this video. I was like, oh. He did it. He got some viral content. And the runner up, Gabby Windy, made a TikTok with her catchphrase. In it, she runs from police with the caption, when you hear other people say the word yeah to the sound of it's cool when they do it, it's a problem when I do it. The video has a whopping 2.2 million views and 164K likes. It's almost Garza numbers. While it may not have gotten the reach of some of these strong plays, 
there was one series of plays that entertained us the most this week, which to our knowledge, we've never, ever seen before. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Joe Franco, Tino Franco's father. (laughs) Following hometowns, (laughs) Tino's dad released a lengthy list of opinions and clarifications via an app we usually do not include in parasocial plays, the Facebook. (laughs) This shit is so good. In a since-deleted comment in July, he told his son not to sleep with anyone on the show. He also did a Facebook tell-all about his hometown date. I don't know if I can get through this. Because, I mean, it's on fucking Facebook. It's just like it can't be better. Uh, In quotes, because Bachelor Nation fans asked, here is my tell-all. One, I'm 5'6", the gentleman. (laughs) The gentleman's 5'6", at that. I don't know what that means. A gentleman's five yeah. What is that? I don't know. Two. No, I have never dyed my hair. Look closely. <laughs> you can see the gray. Three. No, I do not have a comb over, and it is not a rug either. Four. No, I am not the same age as no. Tina. <laughs> as a few tweets suggested. <laughs> five. We are Mexican, not Italian, though media keeps saying Italian. If he really is Italian, it's news to me. And then I'd be asking really (laughs) tough questions. Six, Tino's amazing. He supported our son's cancer recovery. Volunteers to the cause to this day and volunteers countless hours. Seven, Sandy is spelled S-A-N-D-I, not S-A-N-D-Y. Eight, there are no vampires in our family. (laughs) What? It's like all ants. It's like, I guess he got all these comments. Like, he, this is just an aggregate. They're not in any order. It's just like Sandy's with a Y, not an I. No. Yeah, he's answering every question. Somebody asked him if they had vampires in their family, and he's like, fuck it, I'll answer that. <laughs> Nine, Sandy has more than one dress seriously, and who notices that in a photo? And he added, finally, 10, I am too young and too tall to be a part of the Lollipop Guild and the Wizard of Oz, nor have I ever been aboard the Starship Enterprise, but I do share a Jewish heritage with Spock. And that was just the beginning of this. That We're not even through this. <laughs> so much. There's so much in there. I, it is so funny. Joe Franco also took to Facebook ahead of part one of the finale on Tuesday, September 13th to throw some shade at the show. Quote, Bachelor Nation will be sorry when they won't have me to kick around anymore. Smiley face emoji. He wrote before referencing Rachel's father, and so will Sam Rubin at KTLA Channel 5. Big Tony, you'll have to wait your turn. Smiley face emoji. I, Who is this man that he's... Is he threatening? Sam Rubin or Big Tony? Who is Sam Rubin? Uh, I think he must be like a local news guy who probably said something about The Bachelor, I'm sure. I like that he's just addressing grievance after grievance here. Love it. He continued, watch The Bachelorette tonight at eight for the parens yawn. Most shocking finale ever. Parens just part one. So glad it's almost over. (laughs) Hashtag Bachelor Nation. This series of posts shocked the nation and spoiled the season. Will they sue Tino's dad for 100K like Luke Parker? I don't think they will. I don't think the parents signed the same kind of contract. I think it's probably just a, a like release to be on TV to use their likeness. So I don't think they're going to sue him. But this was the most fucking fascinating shit I have ever seen from a parent. 
parasocially ever of all time. Yeah. No, we don't have any vampires in our family. This man said that <laughs> on Facebook. It's on Facebook. Oh, my God. It's like that congresswoman who was like, I'm not a witch. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, people are just accusing her of being yeah. a witch and feels the need to address it. I just it's so comprehensive. It's it covers a vast, vast swaths of information. And yeah, I always love when people other than reality Steve spoil the season. I always think that's funny. Like that random mayor spoiling that Clayton was the bachelor. Well, this was fantastic. Thank you, Tino's dad. And uh, now we're going to move on. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious. And I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. <laughs> Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, 
The dreaded bathrobe? Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. To the parasocial creature of the week, there are a bunch of good parasocial creatures this week. Deanie Babies met a cute pup on his way to the Mount Everest base camp that ended up following him for three days on his trek and never left his side. Uh, a golden doodle named Winston collided with parasocial powerhouse Katie Thurston at Target. Katie reposted a pic of the two on her Instagram stories. Nate Olakoya and, of course, his pup, Percy, always in our parasocial creature content. They have a staring contest on Nate's cute. page. But there was only one creature. That can take home the ward this week. And that was a canine named George. The Fogel Stanton family dog made an appearance in a wedding photo during the happy couple's big day. The photo was posted to Stanton's main grid where it received 123,000 likes and 739 comments, including congratulatory sentiments from heavy hitters like Becca Tilly, Lauren Leindyke, Joe 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 Fletcher, Lauren Zima, Hannah Anslus, and a tidal wave of other players, including... Jason Tardick, who mentioned George the dog specifically saying, congrats, beautiful family, especially the perfectly combed pup. Congrats indeed, George Fogel Stanton, on this prestigious award. And now it is time to move on to that final portion of our program in which Pace Case and I descend into an ever deepening pit. I didn't even <laughs> think it was possible. I thought we had hit the bottom, the bedrock, but we just drilled through it this week, I feel like. And we're going to tell you about our screams. This is Screams from the Pit. You know, coming off of those strong creature plays, my scream also has to do with creatures. As you all know, I just started my second podcast, HBO Lax, regarding the HBO series House of the Dragon this season. And... I have realized something in doing this because Gore is the only podcast I've been doing for so long. It is just how how I speak on this podcast is how I speak in podcasting. That is my podcast persona. Uh And (laughs) something that I have realized is that the language that we use has gotten so deep into my brain that when I am trying to branch out and, you know, have these separate awards, talk about this other show that's scripted, that's not even reality. I am watching it and 
every other second, I'm like, creature, creature, creature. When the dragons come on. You're counting the fucking creatures in hot D? <laughs> I can't help it. And I have to like stop myself and be like, no. And then I'm like, wait, why am I even thinking that the word creature is like only something that is Game of Roses? Like that's a normal word. Yeah. But it has just taken on this meaning so hard to me that it is only creatures in The Bachelor Yep. that I feel like I'm losing my mind a little bit. And that is my scream. I feel like you're gaining a new mind, a better mind. <laughs> I love the clues 180s. <laughs> That's right. That's the Shawcross 180. My scream this week also involves some other television programs. Ooh. Two of them specifically that don't exist. My brain... <laughs> kind of has always worked like this, really. Like, I'll start thinking of stories or a character or something, and it'll spin out into my mind into a TV show or a movie or a book. And then generally, I try to write those things and make money off of doing them. Uh, mm -hmm. I now have two TV shows that are playing in my head that I'm never going to write that are just in there for my own enjoyment, my own entertainment. And they've both come from The Bachelor. If you uh -oh. listened to our recaps this week, we, Pace Gaze and I started talking about how the uh, the little casting cards when they come in and they say, tired of that friend with benefits who works in a comic book store. Those little descriptors of the types of people that potential players might be dating now that they need to leave behind in favor of coming on the show. Yeah. Those descriptions. Losers. The losers, basically. They have started to spin out in my mind into cartoon characters that inhabit a small town called, in my mind, Conspiracy Town. And I can see uh -huh. like an Adult Swim style show called The Denizens of Conspiracy Town that have all of these various people described in the uh, the casting things. And I'm just like, why is this happening? What is one of the characters? Well, there's that guy who works in the comic book store. And the comic book store kind mm -hmm. of, cent it's a central feature of the town. It's like where everybody kind of hangs out, the watering hole. Then there's a couple of guys driving around in vans. There's a guy who won't feed this woman's cat. And so the woman is always fucking pissed off and she's always walking around with bags of cat food like my shitty fucking boyfriend won't feed my cat. So I've got to get this cat food. There's like a target next door to the comic book store where they're she's always carrying a glass of wine. Yeah, always carrying a glass of wine, just getting hammered and, and walking around with their cat food, things of that nature. But I can see that I, I see the visual style of it. I see it in my mind. And then the other show spawned out of something we were talking about, about Tino's dad and about Big Tony that there could be a sitcom that the premise of which is a man and a woman meet on like a bachelor style reality show, any, any dating reality show, really they fall in love. They get engaged. It's like fan fiction. If Rachel and Tina were to get engaged, <laughs> basically. Yes. And so the parents, the two sides of the parents, one parents, the like big Tony style parents, the whoever plays that guy, I see it in my mind, it's Gandolfini, but he's obviously no longer with us. AI. Yeah, A.I. Gandolfini plays that dad. He's in a pink collared shirt. Always. Every episode. Pink, coll <laughs> pink collared shirt. Pink fucking full body jumpsuit. Every episode. Yes. But that dad and that mom are super supportive of the relationship. They're happy their little girl found her person. Then mm -hmm. there's the Tino dad side, which they don't believe any of it. This is all bullshit. It's an act. This happened too fast. Fuck this. And those parents are trying to break up the relationship while Big Tony and his wife are trying to keep it together. And you have standard sitcom episodes where there's like a family barbecue and the two dads are going head to head. Who plays Joe Franco at a gentlemanly 5'6"? Steve Buscemi. <laughs> and uh, you have Steve Buscemi 
and AI Gandolfini in his pink jumpsuit are like not only fighting about their kids, but it's like there's a scene where like they're grilling and it's Big Tony's house. It's AI Gandolfini's house. So he's out there doing the grilling. But Steve Buscemi comes by and is like, you know, you're doing the ribs wrong. And then they get in a fight over that, <laughs> you know, that type of shit. One of Steve Buscemi's kids is a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> we throw in a little Adam's family style. But these shows are now just playing in my fucking head. And I'm like, I can't even help it. It's not like I'm attempting to think of episodes or scenarios. Mm. They're just in there now. And I see like these shows going on forever. I don't know that they'll ever end. I don't think this is a scream. I think this is a beautiful, hmm. creative, guttural uttering. A guttural <laughs> uttering. That's, I mean, that's very close to a scream. I would say that's a scream. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Someone commented they were like my creature of the week was Clues's groans when you shared your conspiracy town theory. <laughs> my groans. I don't even you remember like, my groans. Mm, that could be it. <laughs> like you were like getting on board with the conspiracy. Okay. I'm always on board with a good conspiracy. But now, let's move on. Those are our screams. Now we're going to play another scream. This is a scream that comes to us via our Discord, which you can access if you sign up to be in the bottom of the pit at patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Uh, you will get on our Discord and you could submit a one minute or under audio clip and we play some of them here and analyze them. This one comes to us from Britt E. Connor. We're going to play it for you now. And it also has a, an accompanying picture, which we will describe after we listen to it. Here we go. Hi, Pitt. Mom from the pit here. I'm hiding outside right now to record this scream for my children. This week, my scream is, I used to be a hairstylist before I was a stay-at-home mom. And I gave my youngest son his first real haircut. He has dark, kind of curly, wavy hair. And after I was done, I looked at him. And all I could think was, oh my God. I just made my child into grocery store. His haircut looks identical to grocery store Joe. And I can't stop unseeing it every time I look at my baby. That's my scream. Love you guys. Oh, oh my God. This is such a strong, strong scream. Yeah. I love first off when screams have to be hidden either from coworkers or family. You have to go outside to record it. No one can hear what you're doing because there's so much shame associated <laughs> with it. <laughs> and we have a picture of the young grocery store. And I have to say, I agree. That is a grocery store haircut. I am so sorry, but you have given birth to a grocery store. This is a grocery store. <laughs> I can see him with a jar. This is a very high-level scream when you're seeing players from our beloved game in the faces of the people you know. In this case, it, yeah, in this case, an innocent child who is also your child, not only just a person you know, this is your family, the closest people to you in your life. When they start to become players in the game to you, that is a deep-level scream. When you yourself are responsible for making them look like those players, that is a much deeper level scream. That means the dark energy is flowing through your hands without you even knowing as you're performing the haircut. And then you open your eyes and, oh my God, somehow I've given my own child the grocery store. I feel like if I had a child and this happened to me, I don't think I would be able to stop myself from making him do a grocery store tot, putting him in a little 
apron. Yeah, giving him a small jar of sauce. Giving him a little <laughs> soup spoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does it taste like? Say it tastes like restaurant. <laughs> yeah, those better be his first words. Taste like restaurant. But thank you, Britt E. Connor, for sending in the scream. And again, if anyone else would love to send in their screams, just go to patreon.com slash Game Roses. Join us there. Get on that Discord and fire off your scream into the darkness of the deepest parts of the <laughs> This shit is fucking hilarious. I'm sorry. This is one of my favorite screams that I've ever heard. Again, thank you, Britt E. Connor. Yeah, it's very cute. But that does it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. We will be back on Monday with a brand new Digging Deeper, which of course is going to have all the shit that Vial is saying right now and is going to have a wide variety of other sauces from other kitchens around the nation. So we hope you'll join us for that. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,480 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 